morning, and please be seated. I'm Brian Baker, Director of Music here at UUCB, and I'm very glad to see all of you. Welcome to Music Sunday and Food Truck Sunday. If you'd like an assisted listening device, they're available in the back of the sanctuary, or you can raise your hand and an usher will come and bring one to you. Whether you've been here the first time or a thousand and one times, you are completely and totally welcome here. If it is your first or second or third time, you might want to pick up a purple mug during the coffee hour so some of the nice and very interesting people who come here will chat with you for a moment. Please remain risen. As Katie Lipka, oh, well, you're not. <laughs> Please rise as you're able in body and spirit. As Katie and Anthony and Braden light our chalice, the words I will read are adapted from Marjorie Montgomery. Music is a gift. We gather in community to celebrate the glories and mysteries of this great gift. And please remain risen as, as we say our covenant together. Love guides this church. The quest for truth and justice is its common purpose. To give thanks, listen deeply, speak with care, honor our differences, and seek and grant forgiveness. These things we covenant with one another. And please remain arisen for the next hymn. It's We're Gonna Sit at the Welcome Table. It's a wonderful old spiritual. Most of us are fortunate enough that we do sit at society's welcome table most of the time. But today we are gathering food for grips, uh, drive for food to help those who don't so often get to sit at the welcome table. So please sing this song for them. We're gonna sit at the welcome table. The characters, unicornian, worms, (laughs) birds, worm mare, chickadee doodah, Once upon a time, the worms of Wormtropolis were busy digging, because that's what worms do. Worms, 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 wor
Dig, dig, dig. Dig, dig, dig. Diggy, dig, dig. Dig, dig, dig. Dig. Meanwhile, the birds of the region were flying around, as might be expected by birds. I soar, I fly, there's freedom in the sky. I soar, I fly, there's freedom in the sky. I soar, I fly, there's freedom in the sky. All of the flying around makes the birds hungry. And what do birds eat? Thank you for holding still. It's easier to catch you. Actually, we don't like being eaten. Could you stop eating us, please? We're doing very important work composting stuff and digging. But where will we get our protein? We need proper nutrition. Have you heard of the impossible worm? It's made out of plants, but it has all the nutrients you need. Important to us to get along with our fellow creatures. Where does this imposter worm come from? Science! Solving the world's problems. <laughs> By caring about others and exploring new solutions to our problems with science, we can make the world a better place. These birds and worms sound a lot like Unitarian Universalists in their pursuit to live in harmony. Let's celebrate. I am a Unitarian, I've got my badge right here. I am a Universalist, every day, every week of my Please rise and join in singing our children out to their classes. We're going to do a reprise of Welcome Table. so much. Our liberal faith draws from many sources, including our own experiences. I would like to share with you a poem that I wrote about the experience of losing and finding my voice. In case you are curious about the structure, each stanza is in the Japanese tanka form, five lines, each of a set number of syllables, five, seven, five, seven, seven. That bird afraid of singing. When I was a child, I sang as I breathed and spoke, from waking to sleep, alone or with anyone, just to sing, not to be heard. The voice is a gift a channel to the spirit, that powerful bond is both its miracle and its vulnerability. There came a dark time of salient self-consciousness, of strain tangled in my soft animal body. I could not untie the knots, and I had no voice. My song was caught in my throat, I could not free it. Till joy came washing through me and ego was gone, released. Then my voice, that bird afraid of singing, flew home and sang every note as open and fearless as the golden star of morning. 
In that moment, I believed I could never lose that bright bird again. She comes and she goes, but she stays longer with each return. I am learning not to hear the sound of my voice, but to feel it whole, round, and open from my feet to my belly to my tongue. Then my voice, that bird afraid of singing, flies home and sings every note as fearless and shining as the golden star of morning. Today's, um, am I live? Can you hear me? No. Am I live, Jared? Oh, there I am. Great. Today's, uh, the theme for the month is praise. And today's service is about finding praise even in difficult times and finding that voice that sometimes get caught and figure out how to let it be free. Um, And it's about that first hymn that we sang today, My Life Flows On. And the, um, the line from there, how can I keep from singing? And for me, it's also about the line from it that um, the, the rock to which I'm clinging, even when my inmost calm is threatened, what is the rock that I can cling to? I think we all have a rock. Mine has often been music. This is a picture of an orchestra. And one of the things I love about the beginning of an orchestra concert, everybody's up there warming up, doing their own thing, completely individual. It's kind of chaotic. And then everybody agrees to use the oboe's A. Everybody agrees to a central principle and stays with that for the next few hours during the performance. All these different people with different ideas, different energies, very strong opinions, agree to one central principle and stay with that. That's always been really powerful to me. I grew up in a, in a dysfunctional family, like so many of us. I had two alcoholic parents, so there was a lot of chaos. And whenever I could find order, I did. Uh, and um, music was often the rock to which I was clinging when life was kind of crazy. I learned about Beethoven, and I knew that my recording of Beethoven's Third Symphony would be amazing every time I listened to it. And I also found a lot of other music. So when, when I was bullied at school, I could come home and listen to Tchaikovsky. Or when my parents fought, I could put on the headphones and listen to Miles Davis and forget about everything else. So music was very much the rock to which I was clinging. Later, I started playing music, and I discovered something which to me was a complete revelation. If you practice the right way, it gets better. I still have not gotten to the point where it gets perfect, but practice makes better. And in a household where you had no way of of knowing what the outcome of even your best behavior would be, you never knew if you were the angel child or the worthless junk, having something predictable and good was really wonderful. So music was my rock. About a month ago, I got a call that a friend of mine, a dear friend, had died And I talked with this man's wife. I had known him for 17 years. We talked pretty much every week. I have a chorus on the peninsula called Masterworks Chorale. He was for 13 years the board president. He was on the board for 20 years, sang for 30 years. Um, And he died. It wasn't unexpected. But I talked to his wife. Uh, We talked a little bit. We cried a little bit. And then um, we hung up. And then I waited a moment just to be with myself, and then I started singing. And after about five minutes, I said, what's wrong with me? Why am I singing? This is not a sad song. I should be thinking about Al, he just died. But then I realized music is what lets me connect with what's deepest in me. And that was my way of honoring my connection with Al and my grief over his death. So it wasn't, what's wrong with me? Why am I singing? But how could I keep from singing was really what it was about to me. For about 10 years, I taught um, class voice at the College of San Mateo. It was a wonderment. This is not my class. I couldn't find a picture of my class, but this is a voice class, a little bit representative. There were um, people from college-age kids to uh, community folks and older folks, 
And I want to tell you about three of the many, many remarkable people in that class. Um, the first was a fellow who was 79 when he came to class. And I always ask people, why, why are you here? What are you hoping to get out of the class? And he said, my doctor told me I don't have very long to live. My lungs and heart are, fa- are failing. And so he asked his doctor, what can I do? And he said, well, if you can strengthen your lungs, that'll help. And he said, well, I like to sing. His doctor said, go sing. So smart doctor. So he came to sing. And he would sing Chinese folk songs or, um, or Broadway songs or really schlocky pop songs. It didn't matter. It was always nice. He was such a gentle sweetheart of a man and funny in his very quiet way. Everybody really liked him. He came to the class for five years every week, seemed to be doing just great, outliving the doctor's expectations by many years. He did die the year after he stopped coming to the class. Another one was a young woman from the Middle East. She, she never told me what happened there or even what country she came from. Uh, but she was bright and pretty and popular and she smiled a lot. Um, and she wanted to sing. And so she got up to sing and she opened her mouth and nothing came out. And we all waited and nothing came out. Week after week, the same thing happened. We tried all sorts of strategies. She was so determined. She got up there to sing, and her voice was trapped like the bird in Deborah's poem. And in the second semester, she came to my office hours, and she finally told me what was going on. She said, when I sing, I can't lie to myself anymore. I can't pretend that everything is wonderful. I can't forget what happened in the past. I have to be my whole self when I sing. So she got up there in front of the class, continued to do that week after week. And the very last month of class out of the whole year, she finally closed her eyes, sang a song, complete song. And at the end, she was the only person not crying. She was singing to be her whole self. And there's one more I'd like to tell you about, a young fellow He had an imagination I couldn't believe. He was just great. And he sang occasionally. He would sing, and it's kind of a husky voice, uh, kind of unusual music. Uh, We were always surprised by his choices. Really fun guy. Everybody liked him. But he would only be around for a few weeks of the semester, and then he would disappear. This went on for about four semesters. We never knew if it would be three weeks or most of the semester. Then one semester, he decided he wanted to get serious, And he came to my office hour every week to work on his music, and he sang most weeks in class. And he also finally told me what was going on. One day I asked him, so did you sing before you came here? Are you warmed up? And he said, oh, I didn't sing very much. I said, what does that mean, 15 minutes? He said, about 10 hours. And I think my chin dropped to the floor. I've never sung 10 hours in my life. Um, But he told me he has bipolar condition, and bipolar is on a, a rating of one to four, and he's a four. And he knew that if he was singing, he would not spin out of control. He knew that he'd take his medication and things would be okay. So he was singing for his life to keep the control in his life. And he did that week after week after week. And this was the semester he lasted the entire week. Music has amazing physical benefits, um, all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, kind of an obvious one is increased lung capacity. It's also a complete aerobic workout if you do it with enough energy. Um, and it helps your posture, amazingly enough. It can help you sleep better because it reduces the tendency to snore. <laughs> and so your blood pressure generally drops if you're singing. It also improves your mood because you release hormones that make you feel a little bit better and to have a greater threshold for pain. Singing in a chorus gives you all of this as an increased amount. So singing in a chorus amplifies all those benefits, and there are more. Also, um, it's imp- the, so people who do choruses have known these kinds of things for a long time. Science has finally caught up. 
Asian medicine has known the benefits of singing for centuries. Western science is beginning to catch up. It will improve symptoms of Parkinson's. It will help to stave off Alzheimer's and other kinds of mental challenges. Gives you elevated immunity, and this is astonishing, not just while you're in the chorus singing, but after you leave, the elevated immunity remains. They found that the people who are in choruses, more than any other kind of organized group, are likely to be involved in their community, likely to vote, likely to feel a social connection, likely to do all those kinds of good and moral things that we like, even more so than people who come to church. Singing is really, really good for you. The most remarkable experience I've had with this um, is with the Gay Men's Chorus of San Francisco. So this is a picture of the Gay Men's Chorus. It's, uh, this is now, or recent, I'm talking about many decades back at the height of the AIDS crisis. So I was their accompanist for one year. And we would get together on practice and sing. Um, Jared, that's great on the drums. Can we take a break for right now? Thank you. Um, so uh, we would get together on Monday nights and we would rehearse. And it was wonderful. There were about 150 men. And then would come the break. And uh, at the break, it was, almost, it was always the same. There were 40 rehearsals. It would begin with, John Richards died this week. There are no services. And Bill Howland is in the ER no visitors. And Bob Sanchez is out of the ER. He's in San Francisco General. Visitors are welcome. And Alvin Wu is in hospice. No visitors. And it would continue like this every week. And there was a pattern. We would have this announcement. There'd be complete silence. And somebody would crack a joke. Everybody would laugh. And we'd get up and we'd take a little break and we'd come back and sing. And after the break, it didn't matter what we were singing, whether it was Broadway medley or Wagner choruses. It was amazing. They weren't that great of a chorus, but this was amazing because they knew they were singing to honor all of those people who we lost, all of those people who were struggling, and every one of us. They were singing for their lives, and it was truly, truly amazing.
This is a picture of Moses Hogan. He was one of the really great arrangers of spirituals. He started off as a concert pianist. It looked like he was going to have an amazing career because he was really, really good. But he decided instead to devote himself to singing, to writing really great, energetic, authentic arrangements of spirituals. The American slaves were allowed to sing because it was believed they would work better if they sang. They were allowed only to study the Bible, so they sang songs in biblical text. And, um, sorry, we're going to explode if I don't move. Okay, uh, so they sang songs in biblical text, and most of them had messages underneath. This one is not a message that they sang so much them for themselves, but if you've seen the movie Harriet, how many of you have seen that one? This is about the people who are holding out the light that would guide escaping slaves to the Underground Railroad. This is called Hold Out Your Light. There we go. Always the challenges. They were singing, singing for their lives, quite literally. Um, the next is Leonard Cohen, that wonderful man with a weathered face and a weathered voice. He was a Jewish and a Buddhist monk, and his life was endlessly full of music. His life really did flow on in endless song. And he, he is most... Sorry, let me switch. He is most famous for um, the song uh, Hallelujah, and he wrote countless verses for this song, and people still don't know what it's about, even though he's tried to explain it. Um, But there are many lines in it that have a lot of meaning for people. The one which speaks most to me is, it doesn't matter what you heard, the broken or the holy hallelujah. And I think that that just speaks to all of us that whether you have a perfect voice and a perfect soul or if you are a little halting or a little broken in some way, you still have a hallelujah to sing. Just like the people in the gay men's chorus or the people in my voice class or the people who were enslaved, look deep and find what you can to sing a song of praise even in troubled times. a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do ya? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, 
can settle into a time of quiet, aware of those with us today and all those we are connected to. From many, one. The child, whose first rhythm was the pulse of her mother's heart, is born into this singing world, filled with the dawn songs of doves, tone poems of dancing trees, rhapsodies of rains, overtures of oceans, and silent symphonies of stars. Her mother sings to her lullabies of love and longing, talismans of protection. The child is at one with her world, safe in the Eden of her mother's arms, where yet there is no self and no other. When she can barely walk, she steps up onto her father's big feet, hugs his legs, and dances with him. He reads to her, unlocking poetry and rhythm in the cadence of old rhymes worn true by the voices of generations. Already she has tasted the fruits of self-consciousness, but the ache of losing Eden is tempered by the heady rush of independence and the wonder of coming to know others. For if you are not me and we are not one, then you are you, and you are beautiful. In blessing at table, around the fire and down the road, the child is held and upheld by voices weaving together and lifts her own voice gladly. 
Later at school, there's more singing, and then the recorder, and finally the flute, a clear, expressive voice to be one for her own. Now the door is opened to the wealth of written music, stories locked in coded coffers, unsprung runes, enchanted princesses. For though that small sonata has been played a thousand times, both well and badly, for her it is the sleeping virgin, and for it she is the prince. In this world, filled with the dawn songs of doves and the silent symphonies of stars, how can we keep from singing, brimming with wonder, loss, longing, and joy? We overflow. Music from one full heart is given voice by another, past soul to soul, our joined voices, luminous, a pluribus unum, from many one. So Eden calls us home. And this reading is adapted from Muriel Barbary's The Elegance of the Hedgehog. Every time, it's a miracle. Here are all these people full of heartache or hatred or desire, and we all have our troubles, and our days are filled with vulgarity and triviality and consequence, and there are all these people of every shape and size, as there's this life we're struggling through, full of shouting and tears and laughter, fights and breakups and dashed hopes and unexpected luck. It all disappears, just like that, when the choir begins to sing. Everyday life vanishes into song. You are suddenly overcome with a feeling of brotherhood, of deep solidarity, even love. And it diffuses the dreariness of everyday life into a spirit of perfect communion. Even the singers' faces are transformed It's no longer Arthur that I'm looking at, or Helene, or Rachel, or Charles. I see human beings surrendering to music. Everyone singing together this marvelous sharing. I'm no longer myself. I am just one part of a sublime whole to which the others also belong. And I always wonder at such times, why this cannot be the rule of everyday life instead of being an exceptional moment. Reverend Christian reminds us that today, Wednesday, November 20th, sorry, coming Wednesday, is Transgender Day of Remembrance. And we remember those killed for being brave enough to live as their true selves, and we mourn their deaths. Julie Rogers writes with thoughts of justice and peace in Bolivia and Ecuador. Judy Sam writes, please send your love and prayers to Francine Moan and her husband Chuck. Chuck is in hospice care. Terry and Anne are remembering Chris Stokes, who passed 14 years ago. Those who knew him will never forget him. Lenore Ralston is grieving the loss of her dad. I'm sorry, grieving the loss of my Ted. I apologize. And finally, Lynn Cahoon writes with a big thank you to all the work party stalwarts who cleaned and cleared outside, inside, and on the candle racks. If something has come up for you in the service today, or if you came with something heavy on your heart, The wonderful Reverend Sue Magidson will be at the front at the end of service as a listening presence.
Please remain seated and join in singing the next hymn, We Are a Gentle, Angry People. is the practice of this congregation to share our generosity with our partners in the larger community today and each Sunday this month. Part of our offering will go to the RISE, R-Y-S-E, Youth Center, which brings youth together with social workers and other supports and resources. RISE creates safe spaces grounded in social justice for young people to love, learn, educate, heal, and transform lives and communities. The offering will now be given and received with gratitude.
rise in body or spirit and join me in dedicating our offering to the mission of this congregation. We dedicate this offering and ourselves to the mission of this congregation to create loving community, inspire spiritual growth, and encourage lives of integrity, joy, and service. Upcoming events, I refer you to our pink sheet. The pink sheet is the print version of our weekly email the week ahead. And if you have an announcement you would like included, please submit by emailing weekahead at uucb.org by Wednesdays at 5. I want to highlight a few important and timely announcements. First, sing for peace on December 8th at 1 o'clock. Come and support the youth and children's choir as they put on their first concert. Winter songs, hopeful songs, music from Harry Potter, and a story, all followed by a cookie buffet. And this is a fundraiser for the general fund, UUCB. If you would like to sign up for a Thanksgiving dinner or the holiday fair, see the tables outside the office or contact Ann Harlow. And as part of the holiday fair, we're doing our annual forcing of paper white bulbs for the holiday sale. So if you have any containers or clean pebbles or glass gems you'd like to contribute, please bring them and put them on the table outside the kitchen doors. And finally, please note that children from RE will not be on the field today at the end of service. They will meet families at the food truck. And now we're going to sing together, so please rise as you're able in body and spirit. We're singing hymn number 201, Glory, Glory, Hallelujah. This is one of those ama- another one of those amazing spirituals. I can't think of any other song that more completes the idea of singing through challenges, finding the praise in life no matter what happens.
please, um, as is comfortable for you, join hands. May your life be as a song, flowing on endlessly. Some days worry, some days mad, some days more than make you glad. Bring your holy or your broken hallelujah and find a way to sing praise for life. And we're going to do that. We're going to go out to the food truck and we're going to sing welcome table. Our service is over, but not our singing.